Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Amen. Good afternoon, Harvest Community Church. If you're new here, uh, we want to welcome you again, whether you're here in person or online. And our greatest desire here is to help you take your next steps in your faith with God and with others around you, no matter where you're at in your journey. My name is Jeff Abiera, and today is actually officially my first time preaching to you as Harvest's next-gen pastor. (laughs) Praise the Lord for that. Yes, I'm excited. I praise God that my family can be a part of what God has already been doing here at Harvest and is going to continue to to do so. Uh, I just want to let you know, going into this, I do not take it lightly. I truly believe that the pastor role, we are here to serve and not to be served in the way that Jesus led by example. I want to let you know, when I was 19 years old, I made a decision in my life that my life statement would be to help people reach their full potential in Christ. And my plan is to continue to help and do that in the kingdom of God. Now, with saying that, I understand the weight of what it means to follow after God. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That when we start to do things for God, immediately we start to have a target on our back from the enemy, Satan. Today, I, I was led by the Lord to be in Ephesians 6, and I know many of you have probably been in this passage, but I want to focus on a part of the passage that is usually not talked about. The title of my message today is Mighty Prayers. Everybody say, Mighty Prayers. Amen. Amen. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? If you're a follower of Christ and in the army of God, please repeat after me. Say, I am a child of God. I'm loved by God, and I am the light of the world. Amen. In 2020, we were all traumatized. I remember going to the grocery store, and I went to the toilet paper aisle, and it was was empty. I went to go get some eggs, and there was barely any there. You know, even now, in some areas of our country or different cities, there's barely anything on the shelf for some places. So as a response, I don't know what you guys did, but what I did right away was I bought a bidet. (laughs) Changed my life. I also started a garden, and I raised some chickens. I know I've been talking about my chickens here and there, but I'm going to show you a picture uh, that I'm not (laughs) pretending. All right? So I have four chickens that I raised from two days old, so they were little chicken nuggets in the very beginning. And they all had the same name, and that name is Chicken. I named them Chicken because it's easier to eat chicken if you need to versus Betty or Janice, right? So one day, uh, as the chickens, actually, it was probably the same week that I took this picture. I was walking around, and I was carrying my son, Jeremiah. He was about a year old at the time. And in the other hand, I had a garden hose, and I was watering the plants that I planted, and I went inside for a minute. 
I came back outside and I noticed something. As I was watering the plants, I began to see a little flicker of shadow. And it kept happening here and there, this little shadow kind of just, it was a very sunny day. And I look up and I catch a glimpse of this bird. All right, go to the next picture. This is a red-tailed hawk. Not only did I have chickens, but I also had a rabbit at the time outside, living outside. And to tell you a little bit about red-tailed hawks, they, they can grow up to about five uh, foot wingspan. So they're pretty big. Uh, those chickens look like a good meal for them. And I began to connect the dots of this shadow and the circling. And I realized that this guy, or girl, I don't know what it was, was trying to eat my animals. So I start freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, my rabbit's over there. My chickens are running around grazing, eating bugs. And all I had was a hose and a baby in my other hand. I either spray it or throw the baby, right? I didn't do either because it was flying too fast. And the problem was every time I looked up, the sun was in my eyes. I was like, ah. So I didn't know what to do. And right at the moment where the hawk dips down, it gets about 10 feet, so probably like where my, my head is right now in comparison to you, starts diving down extremely fast to go for one of my chickens. Out of nowhere, a crow comes into the picture. Go to the next picture. One crow attacks the hawk, saves my chicken. A second crow comes out of nowhere, attacks the, I mean the hawk. A third crow, four crows attack this one hawk and save the day. It was wild. If you don't know, crows and hawks, they have turf war when it comes to nature. And it was the craziest thing that I've ever seen. It was the most gangster animal planet thing that I ever witnessed. I wish I recorded it, right? In my neighborhood, there's a tree that has the crows, and there's a tree that has the red-tailed hawks. And there was a battle in the air, and the crows saved my chicken. Now, why do I share this story? I share this because there is a battle being fought in there. There is a war that happens in the spiritual realm. And in my backyard, I was so intimidated by that hawk, right? I couldn't see it often because every time I looked up, the sun would blind my eyes. But here's the thing. When the crows came into the picture, I went from fear to confidence because that hawk had no chance against four crows. I begin my message today because I believe that we need to understand that we do have an enemy, the devil, but he has no chance against our God. Amen? We are on the winning team. And in our lives, we have someone on our side that can fight on behalf of us. But I truly believe at the same time, we also need to learn how to tap in the power of God when it comes to spiritual warfare. Even just now, as we are praying for the Rhode Island team, you know, the enemy hates when a team goes out for the Great Commission. I, I kid you not, there will probably be times on your team where you will be tempted in ways that you're often not tempted, or even distracted in ways that you're often not distracted. It's because the enemy doesn't like what's about to happen. 
Today we're going to be in Ephesians 6, and at our retreat, if you were there, we were in Ephesians 4 talking about one body, one spirit, one baptism. Now after that, in Ephesians 6, it ends the, the book or the letter from the Apostle Paul about how to defend the, the church family in the kingdom of God. So Ephesians is all about the purpose and the recreation and understanding about the church within the context of the kingdom. So our main passage, we're going to look at verse 10 through 19. And to give you a context, that's where we're going to start. But I want us to hone in on 18 and 19, verses that we often don't look at. All right? So we're going to look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 19, and we're going to show it up right here. It says this. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So that's the armor. Now let's keep going in verse 18 that we're going to focus on today. It says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Amen. Let's pray one more time. God, we seek you today asking you to equip us for the evil day. God, some of us are under attack even today. So I pray that your word would be our offense and that the way we pray would be our defense. God, we have seen so much spiritual breakthrough, even the way that we are worshiping in our building right now. God, we have experienced breakthrough in the way that we had our retreat. In all the different areas of this church where you have shown up, both seen and unseen, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Many of us have read this scripture. I'm going to go over in more detail for the youth group in the next month. But in here today, I want us to cover generally the different pieces of armor. So I got this picture, and I decided to use a little bit of anime today for the youth group. So we have different parts of the armor of God, right? We have the belt of truth, right? We have a, a little image there. Satan is going to attack us with lies, so we need to hold on to the truth of the gospel. Even things like maybe he will say part truth, but then a lot of lie. Like, for example, yes, that's a sin, but is it really that bad if everybody's dealing with that same sin? We have to be careful not to be deceived by that. The breastplate of righteousness, what is that? That is when Satan will attack us with lies, but also try to have us believe that when we do fail in pursuit of holiness, 
that it's just up to our righteousness. But no, the breastplate of righteousness says that it is Christ who is our righteousness. The shoe is a preparation of gospel, and peace Satan does not want us to share the love of Jesus. So we need to put on the shoes that calls us to courage, that calls us to be peacemakers of Christ. The next one is the shield of faith. The shield of faith is to have faith to believe in the things that we don't see. The shield of faith is when we proactively challenge our doubts. The next one is the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is when we guard our minds. Say, "Uh uh-uh, I am a child of God. I am loved by God. I am the light of the world. But then the last one is the sword of the spirit. What do we all know? What is the sword of the spirit? It is the, the word of God. Now, in a spiritual battle, Paul teaches us that every piece is used for defense except for the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is something that can keep a distance between you and the enemy. The sword of the spirit is something that you can go full on against the enemy. But notice the majority of the pieces of armor is actually used for defense. Our three-time Casey basketball champion, Coach Peter Lee, where are you in here? Oh, right here, brother. He, he looking like a coach today. <laughs> I remember I joined the huddle um, this past Casey, and you know what this man said? He said, defense wins games. And that's a very powerful statement in any type of sport. Because we see the the flashing dunks, we see the flashing three-pointers, but the reality is defense is so vital when it comes to winning. There's a whole lot that goes into defense when it comes to the art of war. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we need to be ready. We need to stay alert. We need to defend So that's the general meaning of the armor pieces. Now, are all of these things fought with our hands? No. Are they fought with a gun? Obviously, no. The only place where we can fight the enemy is in prayer and in worship. When we fight in the spirit, the passage teaches us here that it's for that evil day. I emphasized it when I was reading. What is the evil day? The evil day are the days when it's difficult to walk in faith, which is actually the majority of days. I would say at the retreat, you know, it's easier to just walk in righteousness. But the majority of our years, our weeks, our days, our minutes, our hours are going to be in the evil days. These are the days when temptation to become angry, depressed, bitter, anxious, or high. These are the days when it's easier to be ungodly than to be godly. These are the evil days days. Now let's hone in on verse 18 and 19. If you go back to that slide, verse 18 and 19, it says again, praying at all times with all prayer, with all perseverance for all the saints. There are four all statements here that I want to hone in on when it comes to spiritual warfare. And the first one is this. Paul first points out praying at all times in the spirits. Everybody say all time. All time. Pray at all times in the Spirit. So what does this mean? In other versions, it actually says occasions. A couple months ago, we heard a message from Pastor Dave, and it was about uh, Kronos and Kairos, right? Or Kairos. 
And there's two different types of time when it talks about in the Bible, in the original language. One form of time includes continuous time, like on a watch. There are seconds, there are hours. The other one includes the understanding of moments, opportunity, and seasons. For example, at the retreat, if you weren't with us during the baptism time, Pastor Frank said, hey, if anybody else wants to get baptized, come on down. And in that moment, several people felt led by the Spirit in that moment to be baptized. They saw an opportunity, felt led by the Spirit, and said, not later, but actually today. And actually, not just today, but right now. So Kronos and Kairos. So let's take a pop quiz real quick. See if you remember the sermon from a few months ago. Pastor Dave's watching right now from Albania. You can see our hands. I'm just playing So real quick, what is the time where it's like the hours, the minutes, and the seconds? Raise your hand. Raise a a number one if you believe that is Kronos. And raise your number two if you believe it is Kairos. All right. All right, let's see. All right, Pastor Dave, we doing good. Everybody put a one up. Yes. So in minutes, Kronos, I believe that's where we get chronological, you know, Kronos. And then Kairos is about those moments. It's about those seasons. It's about those opportunities. Now, I truly believe that we can con- pray continuously, like what we see in First Thessalonians. But here in the scripture where Paul's writing, in the original text, he's actually talking about those Kairos moments. So what is he saying? He's saying praying at all times. What are all times? All times are the times and moments of suffering. Fight in prayer, and in worship, in the moments of temptation. Fight and pray and worship in the moments where your heart is struggling. Pray when you are in a moment of even celebration. That's another Kairos moment. Pray when you're having a moment of gratitude. That's another moment. All times. Pray when you are angry. So we need to understand that when it comes to fighting in this good fight of faith, It needs to be specifically understood in spirit-led moments. Now notice here that in the verse it talks about pray at all times in the spirit. I want to acknowledge also that Paul is being specific that it's just not any prayer. There's a difference between prayer in the spirit and prayer in the flesh. Prayer in the spirit. I heard an example about sports and the national anthem when it comes to prayer. In about two weeks, the uh, Father's Day winners, they're going to go on a Cubs game outing, right? On Father's Day, we raffled out some tickets, and they won. And now when they go to the Cubs game, what happens? Or when you go to any game, what happens? Get your uh, seats, you get your drinks, you get your food maybe, take pictures. And then there's a moment during any sports event where everyone pauses And the national anthem begins. Now many are going to stand. They're going to take off their hats. They're going to put their hand over their heart. But here's the question. Will the national anthem have any direct impact on the life of the game? No. This is what prayer in the flesh often looks like. It is often a routine. It's often done that is completely disconnected and isolated from what's about to happen next. 
Now, yes, there's going to be people who give the national anthem and they're going to be totally connected because maybe they served in the military. Actually, real quick, can we praise God for the people in the military and the people going into the military in the future? Amen. But for most people, the moment the national anthem finishes, it doesn't even matter. The real game is about to start. It's totally disconnected from the words that were spoken as a corporate body. Praying in the flesh is when we often lift up these empty prayers. How many times have I gone to the table and I said, God, thank you for this food. But I literally just said it because I want to hurry up and eat. Has nothing to do with actually the enjoyment of the food. That's when we're praying in the flesh. Paul here is talking about something better. Something where it's direct connection to God in that moment of prayer. The Bible says this in Galatians, For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. When we pray in the spirit, we have to understand that it must be intentional, and understand that it must be from an angle of understanding that God is actually hearing our prayers. So the first one is all time. Everybody say all time. The next two words that I want to talk about, I'm going to put them together. It's all types. Everybody say all types. And everybody say all perseverance. All perseverance. Amen. When it comes to spiritual warfare, prayer is absolutely not the backup solution. It is the first thing we fight for when we need God. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. So when it comes to our spiritual lives, we need to be in constant growth, but also awareness that we are in a spiritual battle. When we do this, the power of God is then activated. Earlier, while we were getting ready and doing some sound checks in here, um, we turned off the lights. There's no windows in this room, and it's extremely dark. Imagine if we all walked into the room and left the lights on. The lights are there to work, but all it takes is for us to turn it on. We will not be able to tap into the power of God until we actually are activated in our faith in the way that we pray. And this is why perseverance is very, very important. The Bible says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If you're struggling in your marriage or in your relationship with a parent or a friend, pray, don't give up. If you're going through a health crisis, man, pray, don't give up. If you're fighting depression, man, pray, don't give up. If you're praying for someone to come to Jesus, man, pray and don't give up. During the battle at Jericho, the people of God were marching around the building. And he told them to do it seven times, or he told Joshua to do it seven times. Imagine what would happen if they stopped at six times. Man, nothing would happen. This is why perseverance is extremely important. Pray and don't give up. Now, I do want to preface, though, that sometimes our greatest growth may come from the answer you don't want. And sometimes the miracle and the blessing is actually within the trial that you continue to go through. But I want to say this, when we don't understand what's going on, trust in God's character and his faithfulness. My wife, Ellen, she, when she got saved, she was 16 years old. And she gave her life to Christ. And after coming to Christ, she began to pray for her family that they would come to Christ. 
And actually, she began to pray for her dad a lot. So what happens? 16-year-olds, high school goes by. She graduates. I meet her in college. Um, We fall in love. College goes by. And I see her still praying for her family. She graduates. She becomes an ICU nurse, an intensive care unit. And here's the thing. She kept praying for her dad, for salvation for him. She worked with extremely sick patients day in and day out. But there was one day where something happened different. She got her scrubs on. She went to work. And she started working her shift. A couple hours into her shift, she checks her phone. She sees 10 missed phone calls. She goes, hmm, that's weird, because usually her family never calls her that many times. She goes into the break room. She hear, answers the phone. What's wrong? On the other side of the phone, there's crying. And they're saying, on the other side of the phone, our dad got a stroke. Now, for you and me that don't work in the medical field, stroke sounds pretty serious. But for somebody who works in the intensive care unit who understands the ins and outs of survival rates, of uh, what happens even after you survive, or the different things that are going on in your body, it is extremely scary. So she rushes out of the hospital, and she goes to the hospital, and we meet uh, Kenny and the family there. And I'm with them at this point. The doctor walks into the room, talks to my wife, because he understands that she's a nurse. And he says he survived by this much. He missed death by this much. And it was a sobering moment because there were things in her father's life that needed a wake-up call. What happened next was Ellen's brother, Kenny, who's working the AV right now, he brings his pastor at the time to the hospital. This man comes in with two Bibles. He ready, not just one. And he shared the gospel to my father-in-law. Actually, it was, we weren't married at the time yet, but my future father-in-law. And keep in mind, where are we at now in the timeline, the chronos time of her praying? She's now 26 years old. And she started praying at 16 years old. We're 10 years later a faithful prayer. After Kenny's pastor shared the gospel with him, he ended and said this, I want to give Jesus my life. My wife began to talk to her dad more about Jesus. The moment she's been preparing for since 16 years old. And each time was shot down. God ain't real. Jesus is not real. But this one time, in this Kairos moment, when she's been praying in that Kronos time, God answered her prayer. Can we praise God for that real quick? Praise the Lord. So as they're talking, out of nowhere, his phone starts buzzing. It's on vibrate. And to give you some background, he was a dry cleaner, mechanic, fixing machines all over the Chicagoland and even Wisconsin area. And he pauses and he looks at his phone. And he's in shock. Somebody's calling him. And he can't believe it. And my wife was saying, what's going on? Why are you freaking out? He doesn't even say, he just gives the phone to my wife. 
And you know what happens next? My wife starts crying. And she starts laughing. It's the weirdest moment. Crying and laughing. The caller ID, caller ID on his phone said, Hosanna Cleaners. Hosanna Cleaners. Ten minutes after he gave his life to Christ out of all of the hundreds of cleaners to call him, it was Hosanna Cleaners. You know what Hosanna means? It means salvation has come. Wow. It used to be in Arlington Heights. I kid you not. This is a real place. (laughs) Guys, when we pray and when we fight in prayer, both in perseverance and also in Kairos moments, And in all types of prayers, man, I truly believe that God doesn't just hear us, but man, he fights also for us. He fights on our behalf. I want to say this and say that, guys, you could be one prayer away from somebody's breakthrough. You could be one prayer away from your own chronic depression. You could be one prayer away from so many different things that God wants to do. So I want to say, don't give up and pray. We don't stop because Jesus never stopped when he was here with us. Jesus persevered to the point where he said, let your will be done. Even now, the Bible even teaches us that he is interceding right now on our behalf. So as we grow through these battles, I have one more point for today. We have to understand that when we fight in prayer, it's all times. It's all types. It's all perseverance. And then the last one, number four, is it's for all the saints. Everybody say all saints. We are to fight in prayer for all the saints. Our prayers affect all of the saints in the same way that our sin actually affects all of the saints as well. When it comes to the kingdom and the body of Christ, our prayers are actually not just for our own. Even if it's just praying for ourselves, it actually directly affects the people that are sitting next to you right now. I was able to listen to Sunday's message from our retreat last week from Pastor Mark. And his teaching was on the community, a community on mission, that we are on mission. And when I think about the word mission, I think about military mindset. Mission may include reconnaissance. It may include occupying an area. It may include defending. It may include an offensive attack. Guys, we are on mission. And I want to give a warning that when we are on mission, there is an enemy on the other side that doesn't like What's happening? But as we look around and notice that we are in a spiritual war, let's remember that we are on the right team. Amen? Guys, we have a building now. Amazing. We need to stay on guard. We have missions teams going out to share the gospel. And we need to fight the good fight of faith because it's worth fighting. In closing, I want to share about this building that we're worshiping in right now. For some of you, maybe you heard this if you were on one of my tours during the building celebration, but I don't think everybody heard this. I want to share it now. I met with Steve. Steve is a guy who has maintained this building for years. I sat down with him a couple months ago asking him if he could share the story of this property. Years ago, there was a prayer lifted up by Bright Hope, the previous owners of this building. They gathered together as a staff, and this was their prayer. They said, God... If you want us to keep the building, show us what to do. But if we sell the building, 
let this building be a place that would be used as a place where Jesus Christ is served. That prayer years ago is only happening now. When Bright Hope decided to sell this building, the staff focused on that prayer. If you don't know this, this building has been used for decades now to provide service for this community and all over the world. In this room right now, this used to be a food pantry for Willow Creek. Did you know that? In in 2060, our ministry center in that garage bay, they would repair computers for people in the community that needed it. That middle section where the baseball field is, there used to be shipping containers where churches would come, paint the shipping container, fill it with supplies, and send it to all places all over the world. And when they got there, they were already decorated. So when they unloaded it, they then used a shipping container as a school because it looks so beautiful on the outside. This very building is an answered prayer that I truly believe was fought in the spiritual realm and was truly prayed in spiritual warfare. You know, we pray for and with all the saints because we are on mission. And think about even when God called the disciples. What, we don't call it a decent commission. We don't call it a, even a good commission. What do we call it? We call it the great commission because we have a great God. So be confident that he that is within you is greater than he that is within the world. Hold on to the cross. Hold on to the truth. Last thing I want to share is when you think about when Jesus was fighting in the spirit in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, what was he doing? He said this. He said, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And after he said that, it says the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. In a moment, we're going to worship. And I'm going to ask you to turn up your worship because there's a lot going on. And we're going to pray in worship. All times, all types, all perseverance for all the saints. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.